Welcome to Journeys of Teaching. I'm Aaron R. Gearhart. This week, we will explore the journey of John Naples Campbell. John is the depute head teacher at Glen Urquhart High School in Drumnadrocket, Scotland. John recently won the Educator of the Year Award at the 2021 National Proud Scotland Awards for his continued efforts of fostering inclusive learning spaces for and supporting LGBTQ learners and community members. I connected with John through social media and was able to have a conversation over Zoom with him in August 2021, just before his school year was about to begin. Yeah. So, um, so we've had two national lockdowns. Um, so um, our wedding was due in the first national lockdown um, and obviously it was cancelled. Um, so then we postponed to the following summer. So the summer just passed. Um, and um, we were still um, we weren't at, lo- at lockdown level but we were quite high up in the tier so we were only allowed to have uh, 10 people at the wedding we were not allowed to have any kind of evening reception um, so then we postponed again to kind of later on in the summer um, and things still hadn't changed so and we're now in October is the wedding and that's fine we've, we've kind of now came out of lockdown everything's back to normal um, schools not so much um, but public life um, we're allowed dancing nightclubs are now open again for the first time in a year and a half um, so um, so yeah so we're kind of getting there now so well I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you how long oh, have you, you how long have you guys been engaged um, so we got engaged in Israel about three four years ago now so uh... on this episode we will hear john's stories about being a high school theater performing arts teacher and administrator over the past two years during the global covid 19 pandemic on the following two episodes we will hear about john's work in lgbtq plus education and advocacy and how he draws upon his previous experiences as a young gay man in this work we will also hear john share about how he draws upon his jewish cultural heritage in his work in Holocaust curriculum writing and education. When John and I spoke, we began by discussing his current teaching and administrative work. Naturally, this led our conversation towards the past two years of teaching during the pandemic. There were more formal lockdowns in Scotland and the UK than where I reside in the United States. So, um, so my background is performing arts, um, and for the past year, I have been a kind of vice principal of a secondary school in Scotland. Um, in Scotland, um, teaching drama um, or performing arts, because I was in charge of music, drama, dance, um, art, has been incredibly difficult because the guidelines were changing on a daily basis. Right. Um, and the young people that um, choose our subject for examination um, are young people who are practically minded, who um, are creative, who want to engage in practical work. And for half a year, we're just spending doing written work online. Um, and we got to a point where um, we weren't allowed to use Zoom. So um, we had to use, um, we've, we've got a national platform called Glow, um, which means every young person has access to. 
access to an, an, like an email account um, and it's all in this national kind of platform but because of child protection issues um, we weren't allowed to use video conferencing to teach so it was really really difficult um, to basically teach drama and performing arts um, through written academic work um, but also 60% of our final exam is practical so right. we were waiting so we were waiting for our national exam body to tell us how the exams were going to look um, what like what we were meant to be doing and it was just chaos the whole thing was chaos um, but we got there in the end <laughs> so yeah so are, are, is it more back to that practical end of things now or what does it look like right now? Yeah, so um, so we went back to school after Easter, so um, April, um, and we basically um, all senior students, so twelve and up, um, had to wear masks at all at all times. Um, so, like, so part of the drama exam, um, you're marking them on voice, and it's worth ten marks. Um, so, how can I mark them on voice when they're wearing a mask? And I can't see their, their uh, articulation or clarity. Um, I know they're projecting, but the mask is kind of stifling that. So there was all this stuff to try and get around. Um, they weren't allowed to act um, with more than four people at a time. Um, and they had to be two metres apart at all time as well. So there was all that stuff going on. Um, and then you had students who maybe had chosen makeup artistry as their final exam but weren't allowed to apply makeup to people so they were kind of just talking it through um, and you were our, our students who were doing costume um, but not allowed to um, like measure students or apply their costume to a person so it was just crazy like, <laughs> so 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 we're going to be like that for six weeks um, until October break and we like we like we go back to school on Monday um, and Nicola Sturgeon our first minister um, she's like our president kind of thing um, so she is um, so she's basically saying that um, the stipulations that were in place before for summer holidays will continue for six weeks and then they'll change so can you start prepping shows again like productions and things um so yeah i mean that i mean we were we were meant to be doing legally blonde two years ago and and, yeah and like i think I think I'll be in a wheelchair by the time this show goes. <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, I think um, I don't think the shows are going to be allowed this year. They'll definitely be allowed next year. Um, but this academic year, I think the priority really has to be mental health um, on our young on our on our young people and mental health of staff. Um, we need to get young people back into a routine of learning mm-hmm. um, and the kind of extracurricular activities um, need to maybe be put on hold um, just so we can get some sort of routine back into right. normal school day life. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, we are, so we're the part of the United Kingdom. So, but in mm-hmm. the United Kingdom, there's four countries, um, right. each very much each with their own parliaments um, and each with their own laws. So, so Boris Johnson is the prime minister of Great Britain, but in theory, he's really only in charge of England. So, mm-hmm. um, and then Nicola Sturgeon is our kind of prime minister, our first minister, and then there's a first minister for Wales and a 
our first minister for Northern Ireland. Um, so each country has to complete. I mean, when and when national lockdown was announced, it was a national lockdown, and uh, all four countries went into lockdown. Right. But we've but we've all came out of it differently. So England came out first, um, and they kind of like kind of just raced ahead with it, um, and just was like this 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 is what we're doing. Scotland and Wales took a much more cautious approach, um, and we've kind of just came out of it now. And Northern Ireland is just coming out of it. So, yeah. um, so the four so the four countries have completely taken different approaches but um the vaccination rate is extremely high um and we do have anti-vaxxers and we have um people denying that covid is a thing and mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 but um the the reality is because like because we're a small country um things get done a lot quicker i think as well um, yeah. and then seeing what you guys are going through in the states it's scary because like like you I mean California seems to be taking it quite seriously and then Texas are not and they're kind of on near a border so right, it's just like right. so um yeah and I'm between so, Florida and Alabama where I'm located and it's like so bad here I'm just kind of I'm scared to drop my kids off at school every day but we're yeah trying you know trying our best to be cautious and make it work things like that Anyways. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I was like, well, actually, you're they're not allowed to move out their box. They're not allowed to kind of touch each other. They're not allowed to go and have lunch. To, and you're just like, what type of life is this? So, right. um, and then as teachers, we were all sitting in our own classrooms for the whole day, and I was just like, can I see anybody? Um, it's really isolating. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's been very, very difficult because, um, as I, cause as I just said, the students who pick performing arts are normally much more practical than they are academic, mm-hmm. and then, and then all of a sudden we're flipping that and putting the emphasis on the academic side. Um, so we, I, so a lot of students became disengaged um, take up um, for uh, drama, music art, this year has dropped in a lot of schools because of that mm-hmm. um, and um, I think the kind of biggest fear um, for students and staff is we're going to go into a third lockdown um, and things are going to go back to how they were um, I tried to be um, I tried to be as creative as possible when I was teaching so um it, so I try to make my lessons as fun as possible um um but in rural Scotland, we have an issue with connectivity. Um, so um, students, some 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 students don't have broadband. So um, they were accessing um, their work um, using kind of four G. Um, yep. Like we had one, like we had one student having to go on top of a hill to basically connect into class each morning. Wow. Yep. Um, we have students who um, basically were using their phone. Phones, um, oops, using their using their phones to access all their work instead of yeah. a laptop. Um, so it was so the kind of poverty that we were seeing 
for kind of 21st century education was quite shocking, really. Um, and and Scotland has always been at the forefront of education. Um, we have got um, an amazing curriculum called Curriculum for Excellence, but actually in reality, um, this this curriculum wasn't fit for purpose because um, because. As a job, our job is teaching face to face. It's not teaching via the internet. Um, and when you have things that are out with your control, such as connectivity, such as resources, um, you you're like there was times when I was going to bed crying my eyes out because because yeah. I, I was so concerned that my students were not going to attain, were were losing interest, um, were their their mental health was suffering completely, um, and they were reaching out to me for support, and I was completely unqualified to help them because there were so many different layers um which was just really 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 like i, I mean i think every educator in the world has never found themselves in this situation before um so so i think we learned a lot in lockdown one and by lockdown two we were ready for it and we were much more prepared and much more ready to go um and it wasn't perfect but it was a better 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 difference than was in the first lockdown so um you mentioned that like when you so like you get back in from that first lockdown you mentioned that you were trying to make your lessons more creative as much as you could given the constraints can you give me an example like a lesson and what that looked like what you were doing at the time yeah, so um, so my National 5 class, um, so they were, I'm just trying to think, in America. So they are 15, 16. So, okay, so like um, sophomores-ish here. Okay. Yeah, and, um, and they are, um, so that's the first national exams that they sit, okay? Um, so we basically had to do a performance um, and trying to get them to engage in this performance as well. So we were doing Let the Right One In which is um which is about a vampire um so basically we spent a whole day um kind of working out how to use google classroom um and the video and technology that we had for it um we practiced turning on cameras turning off cameras and how it would look like with the whole cast on our screen it was their backgrounds we could we could use that would be similar to say this the, the kind of scottish highlands or a gymnasium um, and that was a lot of fun because young people were experimenting they were developing ICT skills mm-hmm. um, they um, they were really kind of looking at um, at how they can interpret um, um, script to move yeah. from a stage performance into an online performance so so that was a really really interesting way um, and um and then as kind of time went went on we um we were looking at how we can make the more academic classes um more kind of interactive so we were looking at kind of jam boards and um we were looking at um if you think this is the answer turn off your camera now if you think this is oh the that's cool so, <laughs> yeah so um so just kind of like trying because actually for, for a lot of our young people especially where i teach um 
their community is the school because a lot of them live in farms right. where their nearest neighbor is say six miles away. Um, and, and all they seen was their mum and dad and say maybe their brother or sister. Um, so, so that interaction with their, with like their friends was so important. Um, but also what I found as well, um, and I had to, and I, and as an assistant head, as a I am vice principal, what I had to address was teachers some teachers were putting their own um, kind of self-consciousness first before the students. So I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to do this. Da, da, da. Well, I don't, well, I don't care if you don't want to do it. You've got to, you've got Not to here for it. you. You're here for them. Yeah, exactly. So, so get yourself on that camera, know how to work it right. um, and experiment. You've got 35 hours um, of development to do. Use some of that time to work out how to make your classes interactive. Um, um, and some of the teachers went above and beyond and was brilliant. Other teachers like were teaching like that. And you're just uh. like, so, so, so it was just, it was for me, it was just frustrating um, because I, I have always valued myself to be a very forward thinking practitioner mm-hmm. and a very creative practitioner, but in the world of COVID, I was struggling to find ways to make it creative. Um, but I found ways like, um, so um, I got them to, um, instead of um, devising groups, they had to devise with their family members um, and they had to film it. Um, so instead of doing a play, they had to make, say, a three minute short film and they had to learn how to edit um, and then upload. Um, we also found a way how to, um, it, almost killed me but um we did a we but we did a christmas concert um and then we did a spring concert virtually so, you did yeah yeah so oh um, my gosh so, yeah so basically we got um every young person who wanted to contribute contributed and um, they sent videos in i edited it all and we had group performances i had to learn how to use um what's it called again um uh, um what am i using um final cut pro sure um and um and then i basically um learned how to put a group piece together um so so we had like a mini orchestra happening and then we streamed it live on youtube um and um and we had a premiere and actually what was really really interesting was normally when we do our christmas or our spring concerts um we might only maybe have like 500 people turn up um because of where we are rurally within scotland um but because it was online grannies and grandpas aunties and uncles like Mm -hmm. we had like over a thousand people watching it um so so and you could post it i guess for posterity too which is kind of right totally so so but it was like we had a we like we had our countdown timer and um and then there was like an introduction and then uh, we had a couple of celebrities kind of drop in with that kind of like cameo to say hi um so like that was like really really nice and and young people really appreciated that we went above and beyond to to bring some normality to this crazy year um 
Um, and and we're now thinking, okay, so how can we bring that live streaming into the live performances now that we can have them back? So um, so so it's it's what I what I'm interested in now is how we build back from COVID and how we build back stronger. Um, and I think for Scottish education in particular, um, we were at a junction in Scottish education where um, we had this curriculum for excellence that was meant to be at the pivotal of kind of um, point of um, a young person's educational journey. But teachers hadn't really engaged in it. They hadn't really bought into it. Um, and actually what we've got now is we've got a clean slate to start again. Um, and we've actually got the chance to embed a truly curriculum for excellence um, where young people are at the front of everything we actually do. Um, and I really hope that as we start this new academic year on Monday, we walk in with open eyes, fresh eyes, and we're able to embrace it. Um, because if we go back to what life was like before COVID, then we've not learned anything really. No, so. and I love what you're talking about in terms of coming back stronger because you're, I believe that we're the most creative when constraints are placed on us. And yeah. that's been the whole, that's been the story of the last year and a half. And that, that story about the Christmas live performance, the timing part of it alone, being married to a music educator, I, I kind of get it. Like mm-hmm. I can understand when you said that almost killed you. I get what you mean. Yeah. And it was like, and it was like things that like, say, I, like, I don't know, like a science teacher might not get or an English yeah. teacher, like, like I'm having to get set videos up to explain to students. So this is your backing track. You have to, when you hear the clap at the start, Mm. That is when you're starting and you have to count. Like, um, and like, so the amount of young people who had a video, and I'm like, no, you haven't listened to what I said. <laughs> so, um, so, so, um, because if they did it all start at the clap, then the whole thing was out of sync. Right. So, um, so, but when it worked, it looked, it looked amazing. Um, and, um, so yeah, it was like just exciting. Um, and it was just, it was great as well when um, our actors were working on their um, their acting duologues for their exam. So we were able to use the kind of breakout rooms and teams. Um, and I was then able to kind of drop in and give them tips on their voice and um, talk about the meaning behind things. So they were quite, they were in rehearsal, but it was a different type of rehearsal for them. And it was getting them to realise that. Um, and when we went back into the classroom after Easter, they were completely ready just to go for it so um so so it was it was an, i mean i mean as i said previously we learned a lot from lockdown one and we didn't make those mistakes again in lockdown two one of the big things as a as a vice principal i um was aware of was that um young people thought they were on holiday so um <laughs> so so like there was like certain young people that we hadn't heard from in weeks um and so when we came back um, in August of last year, because mm-hmm. then we had August to December, then we went into national lockdown in December. Um, my job was to set up an online registration system. So, um, so I set up an online registration system for the morning. So every young we we as I said we have this thing called Glow. Um, mm-hmm. So on Glow, um, they had to access Glow 
log in by nine o'clock, register online by nine o'clock. Um, I would then go through all the students, then make sure that they had registered. If they hadn't registered, we would then contact them and find out if they were okay, did they need any support. But if they had registered, then I was aware that A, they had access to the internet, B, they had access to a laptop, mobile phone, iPad, etc. But C, they were able to access their work for the day. So um, so um, if work wasn't completed, then I was able to phone them up and say, well, you had registered on that day. You haven't completed your work. Was there a reason? So, um, and and it was putting responsibility back on them um, because, responsi- because I felt in the first lockdown, everything was just such such a mess and so crazy that actually we weren't taking responsibility as educators because we didn't we were like well like we're just kind of doing what we're told and this is this is a new way of working and young people were going well exams aren't happening this year so I'm not going to do anything. So, um, whereas now we were like, okay, well, we've done this before. We're doing it now and we need to learn from it. So make sure you're you're online for nine o'clock. Make sure you can register. You can access your work. And if you can't communicate with your teacher. So, um, so, so it was really, really interesting to see that, that shift and change, um, from first lockdown to second lockdown, um, especially for, um, resilience, growth mindset, What I took away from John's stories of leading and teaching during the pandemic is the importance of meeting students' needs. I continue to hear talk about quote-unquote learning loss that students have experienced during the past two years and how schools are taking a back-to-basics approach, pushing core subjects and content to catch students up. The trauma of the past few years cannot just be swept under the rug so that we can show students progress and proficiency on standardized tests. Rather, we must truly listen to students and families, help meet their needs, support their personal and academic growth, and really make the time we have with students at school meaningful, authentic, and fun. John's stories certainly exemplify these approaches as he leads from a place of empathy. We will continue to dig into these issues about empathy on the following two episodes on this podcast feed. You can follow John on Twitter at jnaplescampbell. My contact information is in the episode description. This is Journeys of Teaching. I am Aaron R. Gearhart, and thank you for listening.